such a cool version of such a cool song. Do it again, Elevation Worship. Good morning. That would be Leanna. My name is David. It's Rise and Stein and Ray Haynes this morning, teaching on the Feast of Tabernacles. And this particular segment starts out with a verse people ask questions about all the time. Oh, goodness, yeah. Well, it's confusing. It's some verses just don't make any sense in heaven and eternity, but they the millennium is where they make sense. The Feast of Tabernacles is the culmination of all the biblical holy days and represents the final stage of his plan of salvation. After the great war of the end times and the second coming of Jesus, those who survive of all the nations will up to Jerusalem to worship and celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. You read the chapter uh, there in Zechariah chapter 14, that's what it's laying out. The celebration takes place in the Millennial Kingdom. There'll be a Feast of Tabernacles in the Millennium. The Feast itself is a foreshadow of that Kingdom. So what we're doing right now, what we're talking about, what we're trying to get you to engage in this week, we're told to gather fruits of the harvest. Guess what that is? That would be souls. To wave them as a thanksgiving before the Lord. That's Leviticus and Nehemiah. There's a particular mention of palm branches. Now, think about this because it ties the spring in the fall together, when Jesus entered Jerusalem riding a donkey, the disciples greeted him by waving palm branches, all the crowds, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That entry was a shadow of his second coming. He came in on a donkey instead of a white horse, so that's the picture, right? That was a triumphal entry, a triumphal entry, because he was coming for souls by laying down his life. It was technically a humble entry rather than a triumphal entry, but nonetheless, there'll be another entry. Jesus will enter in triumph as a king on a white horse on the first day of the Feast of Tabernacles. Not only will... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, There's a hand raised. No, not, <laughs> you, you can finish that one sentence. Okay. Not only will a few Jewish disciples wave palm branches, but the righteous remnant of every nation we're like palm branches being waved. I would like to plant a seed right now. Oh, come on. Um, this will all change your life when you go to Israel with us yeah. in yeah. 2019. So that 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 trip hasn't been set, uh, etched in stone. Right, working or, on it right now. Working on it right now. But as you hear this and as you read your Bible, everything will change when you, when you say, oh, we were there. We were there where the triumphant entry was. And when you stand on the uh, Mount of Olives and look at the what they call the beautiful gate, the golden da- gate, the eastern gate, it's mm-hmm. all concreted up. The only one that'll ever enter there is Jesus. Wow. Going to blow that thing wide open. Mm-hmm. Talk about a day of excitement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm really excited about that. So after this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes, were holding palm branches in their hands, right? So you're going back and forth on earth to heaven as you walk through this day to see what's happening. Just as there is an Agricultural, agricultural harvest at the time of Sukkot, the end of the biblical holy days. So there will be a great harvest of souls at the end of the age. All right? So that's what this Feast of Tabernacles is all about. The scriptures actually speak of the Feast of Tabernacles as being seven days, but it also speaks of an eighth day on which a holy convocation is to be held with sacrifices made and no traditional work done on that day. That's in Leviticus 23. The seventh day is the last great day of the feast. At the end of the seventh day, they leave the booths and go home and then come to the temple on the eighth day like 
heaven or eternity. See, so you actually have two great days of the feast, but mm -hmm. the eighth day symbolized the final judgment of the dead into either eternal life or the lake of fire and the millennium. Now, here's the interesting irony. It was on the eighth day that they brought the woman caught in adultery. You probably never even saw the significance of this, but we're supposed to rule in the millennial kingdom and sit as judges in the great white throne judgment, right? So the Pharisees wanted to judge, but only pretended to be righteous, but they had to walk away when told who is without sin. It didn't mean that they were innocent of all sin, but that specific sin. See, they have to be innocent of the offense of adultery to throw the first stone. It's a much more complicated phrase that he was saying, not that you're innocent of all sin, but when you look on that, you have to be innocent. So is there any lust? Or is there any of those things? And every one of them walked away. Jewish law said only a witness of a capital offense could throw the first stone. So once they left, there was no one to accuse her, no legal witnesses. So we got to be really careful of bearing secondhand offenses of others. Mm. They're hurt, but we're angry and offended. And so you got to let the stones fall. And this, this day, the eighth day, which will be on Monday, uh, this is that day. So meanwhile, the guilty lady walked away on the eighth day, told to sin no more. So our actions determine what we do on the eighth day. So all of this is about the one day that one day we are going to be sit, sitting as judges over all of these people. And you don't want to do it like a Pharisee. You want mm. to judge like Jesus. Take mm. a little writing in the sand and it's over. Boom. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, one more look at the Feast of Tabernacles coming up. Go to the Risenstein Facebook page, click on the link, or go to victory.radio and click on blog, and you can follow along with us. You